Welcome to the Social Media Panel, brought to you by the Likeability Company. We help people like you. Sit back, have a cup of tea, and welcome this week's special guest. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Social Media Panel. Today we have a wonderful guest, Tanya Target. And Tanya, you've recently rebranded your business. What's the new name? Headline Hunter. Headline Hunter. Oh, I love that. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. And also welcome to Making, Making Sang, from Making Tea and, of course, the Likeability Company. Welcome Hello, all the way from Kai. Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we are fine. How about you? Lovely. Yeah, it's uh, very warm up in Mackay. It's absolutely beautiful, so I'm um, really enjoying the sunny weather. And I saw on Facebook that you're busily preparing for the 100th state of origin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. 100, wow. I know. Uh, my partner is just a huge, huge fan. He said it's as big as the FA Cup in the UK, so I know how important it is to him. So I'm trying to get in with the the excitement of it all and stuff. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting Fantastic. tonight. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Okay, then for the non-Australians in our audience today, just so you know, the state of origin is incredibly important to Queenslanders. And if you don't wear maroon today, well, then just not one of us. <laughs> <laughs> It's maroon all the way. All right, enough of the parochial sports talk. Let's get on to the topic at hand. So, Tanya, <laughs> fantastic to to finally talk to you and hear a little bit about your story. So, you've had a, a huge year. What's happening for you right now and and what are you up to with Headline Hunter? Yeah, I have. Thank you for asking and, and thank you so much for having me uh, on your show. It's a huge privilege and I love you girls. You're just uh, absolutely fantastic and um, really good value. So thank you. Yeah, Headline Hunter, it's um, it's an interesting name because, and it's been a big year. A lot of people are going through change. A lot of people are rebranding this year. There's, I think there's something happening in the stars which seems to be I have to shake my head and laugh at myself when I hear my, myself saying that being a, a journalist. Us <laughs> journalists don't usually believe in celestial factors. <laughs> but there seems to be something going on in the galaxy far, far away. And yeah, and I rebranded. I, my business that I rebranded from was helping small business owners um, teach them how to do a variety of, of, you know, provide words for a variety of things in their business and newsletters and marketing materials and things like that and also helping with, with publicity because my background's in journalism for 19 years. And when I was working with small business owners and I was going around different networking groups, I would often have people talk to me and say, oh, PR, I've tried that. It, does, it just doesn't work for me. Mm. You know, I, I sent a press release out. I didn't get in the media. And having been uh, a journalist, like I was a, um, an investigative journalist for News Limited, I was in the Kurimal newspapers investigative unit, and I've sort of done sort of some some serious news stories. And I had also, as part of that, when I'd covered elections, state elections, and, and helped with federal elections, I'd seen business owners who had never had any media become experts, become recognised experts. And I saw the impact that this had on them and I had actually helped them do that. So I would 
I, mm. you know, I would find someone in the local community who wanted to comment on something, and and then after a, a series of, of of comments, when they knew what to do, they knew what I was chasing. You know, they would end up in my address book, and so I found it really odd having seen and help business owners do this and then seeing the flow-on effect in their life that, you know, that they would have uh, increased, you know, they'd have local celebrity status, they would have been seen on TV or read in the newspaper and they sort of walked a bit taller and the phone started ringing and, and quite often also a lot of them ended up in politics because they started to build this public profile or they started mm. to campaign passionately about, you know, saving the local sports field and, and making a real difference in life. I... I I just wanted to, to change things. I just wanted to take a different tact. And so I thought I'll niche market and I'll specialise and I will help business owners and show them the power of the media and what that can do. And so one of the one of the first obstacles that you that you have to do when you're dealing with the media is actually help them see your story because journalists don't like uh, what we call spin doctors. They don't like PR people. And so I mm. wanted to rename my business was something that didn't didn't uh, you know say that it was a PR business because I'm not. I'm about helping people find their headlines, and hence the name Headline Hunter. I um I hunt stories within your business, and I teach you how to find your story so that you can you know become the go-to person that you can you can gain that brand recognition, and you can start to enjoy the wonderful wonderful things that happen when you secure media coverage. And so it's been a big year rebranding, creating new training as a result of that. I've spent the last couple mm. of years working in corporate, doing, you know, organizing big media, uh, generated over three million in media for big business and small business alike over the last couple of years and just playing with it and seeing what works and, and getting some great conversion rates with, with um, business owners who've approached the media and when they've got it right, converting that into actual free press and and I'm ready to go and I've just launched at the end of April which is very cool. Fantastic. Now I've had some um, really great fascinating uh, conversations with you Tanya and forgive me if I'm sort of talking out of turn here but I feel that with with small business owners that there's this reluctance to seek publicity almost because they feel that their story is not worthy now, what advice would you give to small business owners, to those who think that, that you know, that their story is not worth publishing? I mean, you know, to have um, have their news in, in the local paper or the, the national paper is obviously massive publicity. But it's also something that I've often found talking to business owners, they feel that, oh, I, they couldn't possibly want my story. I mean, ha- what advice would you give to um, businesses oh, if they feel like that? Yeah, it's a great question and you're, you're spot on. The number of people that I meet who, who don't feel that they can offer their story because they don't see the value in their story and or they don't feel like they're an expert. And so they feel that if they stand out and they put their hand up that they might get criticized or they might feel like they're really just kind of batting above, uh, batting above the average, I guess. And, and my advice would be, and I do see this all the time, is that the journalists do want to hear from you. And, and one of the things I share, I've got different trainings that I do, but one of the things I share in my half-day workshops is I help you understand the mindset of a journo. And I'd like to share that with you now, if that's okay. Is that all right? Yes, awesome. of course. 
Yeah, excellent. Because I because it'll it'll answer that question for you, making and that is that if you if you put yourself in the in the life of a journalist, and every day uh, I used to write for the front page of the newspaper, and I would go home at at um, about seven thirty every night, and with a front page news story, and I'd come in the next day feeling pretty awesome, front page around the country, and my news editor would say to me, "Great story, Tanya. What's what have you got today?" Because a journalist, uh, a journalist has to find stories every single day. It's, it's their livelihood. And because so much is now online, um, even a journalist writing for a newspaper has to find multiple stories to meet multiple deadlines throughout the day. So there might be the, the deadline for the newspaper for the next day and they probably would write two or three stories for that one. But then there's also hourly ones and, and half hourly ones depending on where you're going. I mean like radio journalists pull things frazzled you know they've got deadlines every half an hour so a journalist actually wants to hear from you and a lot of people when they ring into a newsroom and they're speaking to a journalist they, they get someone who's quite short on the phone and quite sometimes a little bit cranky and it's purely because they've got a very short window of time to make an assessment as to whether or not you're the you're you've rung the right department. A lot of people ring a newsroom and speak to a journalist, and they go off with a sales pitch or an elevator pitch, which I know you girls at QGB hate, uh, and the likability <laughs> company hate, and journalists hate that. Yeah, it, it's true, and journalists hate that too. They don't want your sales pitch, and if you give them the sales pitch, they will presume that you've rung the wrong department, and they will put you through to advertising in a flash, or they will simply just say no thanks and hang up on you. And then people think. Then it kind of, in, um, you know, tells them in their mind, yeah, I didn't think I was an expert. They didn't want to hear from me. No, they do want to hear from you. They rely on you, but they just need you to get across to them your story in a certain way. You, you, just like every industry has sort of buzzwords, journalists are trained to listen for, for trigger words to work out whether or not you have a story. So my advice would be to, to small business owners, I, the, how I also started doing what I'm doing is I left investigative journalism. My daughter just turned 10 and I left investigative journalism about 11 years ago. Um, and I um, started a retail business and I, knowing what I knew, I saw the media as a huge opportunity to create free and endless advertising and also, back then, we're talking 11 years ago, SEO was not a phrase we, you know, was sort of common, common wording. And I didn't have the budget for it, like a lot of small business owners. I didn't really understand what SEO was. And if I did, I certainly wouldn't have had a budget for it. But I understood that if I got an article printed in a, in a magazine or a newspaper or on radio, or I got TV time, that that news story would take me to the page one of Google. So even though my story might not be good enough for page one uh, in, in a, you know, or be lead story in an outlet or a publication, I knew that it would get me on front page one of Google. And I hadn't, I, all I had was a website and a business name registered and I started generating um, free media. And, and I did that because I knew that if I waited until I was officially an expert in my eyes or in someone else's eyes, you miss all these opportunities to promote. So for instance, when I took my home-based business to a warehouse, if I'd have waited until I was an expert, I would have missed the opportunity for the local paper to have done a story about, guess who's just moved into that vacant building down the road? Mm. And that all gets the phone ringing. So 
uh, the experts out there in the media, they're not a, they're not necessarily the expert. There's, they're just a person who knows how to leverage the media. And then they become positioned as the expert. And it's not even them saying it. It's usually the media saying it. So I would say, please don't be shy. The fact that you're not necessarily an expert yet works in your absolute favor because you have all these wonderful opportunities along the way for milestones in your business growth um, to leverage those in the media. Does that make mm. sense, Bill? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I have another question that I've been wanting to ask that I, I just didn't really occur to me until you were just saying all that. If you get in the media, and I have been in the media a few times, sometimes yeah. I, I get a story in the media and then I wonder how soon I should follow that up with another story. How often yeah. should you call journalists before they get right with you? Yeah, great question. So the, there's two there's two different uh, answers there, and I just want to clarify. Are you talking about you've you've sent a media release and you followed up, and you're wondering how many times to follow up if it hasn't been published yet, or no. and or no, you're asking if you've had a story run, how quickly should you follow something up? Provide them with another uh, opportunity. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I would suggest that you do it every month. Okay. And when you yeah, and when you know how it's really, really easy. But I would I would curse that with only if you have something of value. So I would I would highly recommend that you do it every other month or every three months if you've got a really great story and and um we can go into some of that, but there's different categories as to what makes good stories. So my if you want to build a great relationship with the media and that's what it should ultimately all be about because it's a it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. A lot of people think it's parasitic. They think that journalists feed on you and then they, you know, they bask in the glory. But it's actually not. It's symbiotic. Yeah, they need you as much as you need them. So they want your stories because you're doing them a favour because um, they're, they're storytellers, they're story hunters, they're headline hunters and they have to do that on an incredibly regular basis under immense pressure. And at the same time, the exposure that you get from from the publicity they provide, you you just couldn't pay for as a small business in an advertising mm. budget. Mm. So I would recommend you you provide another story when you have great content and value to add, because you don't just want to be approaching a journalist and hope you're going to get some publicity. And all it really is is a shameless publicity approach. You will lose a journalist very quickly if you do that. Yeah. Yeah, great now, advice. I have a, another question for you, Tanya. There's some lots I love of light bulb moments. <laughs> There's lots of light bulb moments that are going off as, as you're talking. And um, I mean, I think we invited you to be part of the the social media panel because we're like minded. And you know, you you've mentioned uh, relationship building. You've mentioned about um, not selling and promoting. And that you know, and that's what we're trying to achieve in the likeability company to help people to leverage off existing communities, help to relationship build, and and so on. And I feel that we're talking on a par here. Yeah. You know, you're talking about building relationships with journalists and uh, sending something of value every month. Now, with uh, a previous guest we have, uh, we had uh, Mark Schaefer. Uh, he talked about how business owners are conditioned to sell, and that's what we've done for a gazillion years. And so it's very difficult for people to switch from that um, thrusting of business cards and promoting their uh, 
products and services into people's faces upon first knowing each other. So when you talk about um, not sending a press release and promoting something that you've got coming up and so on, but rather sending something of value and developing a relationship with journalists, have you got any advice that you can give to small business owners? What are the kind of things that we can send to journalists that people will mm. find, that journalists will fi- uh, feel of value? And how do you keep that relationship going? Mm, all great questions. Um, multi-pronged. So I'll, if I forget one in my answer, please just um, remind me. Sure. Um, so firstly, you mentioned events, and I just want to pick that up on there. You can get publicity for events. However, it's done differently. So for instance, I had an event when I was a, um, a small business owner. I've been a small business owner for seven years. And I had a, an, on, uh, <laughs> an online party plan business selling it's a little bit saucy actually are your listeners over 18 (laughs) (laughs) most of them i think i'm not sure about yeah (laughs) it was don't worry i'll keep it pg but it was um beauty (laughs) beauty bombs bling and things that go buzz i had an online adult party plan business and i actually yeah oh la la and i actually (laughs) i actually (laughs) <laughs> Suddenly got very warm in here, and I um, <laughs> I took it from being a very taboo topic. And look, on just on that because it's actually a story. It's actually been a story in my deepest, darkest closet because it actually wasn't something that resonated with me. I, if you'd have told me Tanya, you own a adult party plan store, one of the biggest in Australia, I would have laughed at you. But at the t- it was my husband's idea at the time for me to have an adult shop, and I, I didn't want to do that. So I thought, well, how can I do it and empower women? Because I'm very my I'm still on that same mission at the moment. I when I had my online party plan business, I was giving women a voice in the bedroom, and now I'm giving small business a voice in the media. So I'm on the same I'm on the same uh, trajectory. So what I did was I took something that was quite a taboo topic, and I took it into mainstream media. And when I say mainstream, I mean I mean the, the Sunday Mail, um, the Weekend Australian, National Magazine, a current affair. I was on a current affair, um, and I was in actually a lost count of how many publications I was in. And I share that with you because if I could do that with uh, things that require triple <laughs> A batteries, I'm sure all the people listening <laughs> can do that. And the leverage though that that got me, just while I'm on that flow, and I'll come back making your question. The, the things that that got me was was at was was incredibly powerful. So I hear also a lot of people, they get one media exposure and they expect the phone to ring. I was in the paper and I didn't get any sales. Well, what what you actually need to do for that to happen, sometimes the phone rings straight away, but quite often it takes a bit of time. And that's why I loved your question about how often should you be in the media on a regular basis because it is an ongoing project. But when you know how to do it, it does not take very much time and it costs you no money but your time. And so I had, what I was able to do is because I generated this national media, I was able to use that for better agreements with my suppliers and my clients. And so I became the only party plan company um, that was able to sell Leg Avenue Designer Lingerie through Party Plan in Australia. And I was the only party plan company that was able to sell the Designer Candles Lily Flame, which centred the, the runways of the European fashion houses through Party Plan in Australia. So there were real tangible benefits. And I was able to say to my suppliers when I was negotiating new deals, 
did you see me in such and such? Well, that's the kind of media exposure I can get you. So if you want to do business with me, this is what I can get you. This is why you want to do business with me instead of such and such and such and such. And then with other existing suppliers, I would say to them, did you see the media that I got? What's your best price? I need a better wholesale price. And so I actually was able to to increase my profit margin by using my number one marketing strategy and that was the media. But there were also other flow-on benefits um, with customers as well um, in terms of getting more sales. I had loads more sales and I had increase in, in um, people wanting to work with me because I was a party plan company. Being in the media, people want to be part of a success story and so I had people then wanting to join me. I went from no um, consultants on my books to five within four weeks of being on a current affair. And I'd been, yeah, and I'd had my business for about 10 months. So I was by no means an expert. But within about 18 months of, of starting my business, I was I was quoted as being an expert um, in a national newspaper and magazine. So, and how did I do that? And, and how do business owners go about it differently? And how do they know what journalists want? When you know what journalists are looking for, you actually start to run your events and your promotions a little bit differently. So when I was launching my burlesque lingerie, I had actually already been selling that lingerie line. It was just um, often in fashion. There's uh, sometimes there's um, you know uh, four seasons, so you get four releases, but often in lingerie there's just two releases per year, and this was one of those releases, and it was burlesque. And um, the burlesque movie was coming out about that time, and so I thought about creating a launch that would be appealing to the media. And so when I, when I, and all I was simply doing was bringing in a new product line, which normally, if you would approach the media, would be a sales pitch. But I knew mm. what they would be looking for, and I knew what made a story. And that one event was in over 27 media exposures. I was based on the Darling Downs, which is an incredibly, um, <laughs> you know, an incredibly conservative um, town called Toowoomba. Actually, I was west of Toowoomba <laughs> in Pittsburgh, which is even more conservative. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was getting coverage down in Tasmania up in Mackay. So from a business point of view, because this is what, it's, for me, this is what it's about. It's not just about 15 seconds of fame. It's about creating media that actually creates profit. And so I was reaching customers down as far as Tasmania up to Mackay. And because I had an online store, although I was party plan, I could still um, benefit from that exposure and creating relationships with those customers. So you can, if you've got an event coming up or you're thinking about an event, say you've got a book launch. Uh, there's a lot of people writing books at the moment. I would say to you, take a chapter from your book with a great story. Okay, and take another chapter. Perhaps you've even um, pro, perhaps you've even sharing someone else's story. Now you've got in your book your personal story, and that would be interesting to a variety of media. And my big thing is reinvention of press releases because we are all super super busy. And if you're going to be learning how to do the media yourself, which is what I teach and I highly recommend, you need it to be fast super super fast because we're super stretched and effective and powerful and so from your one media release that you would um, prepare about yourself and about your book with just a couple of tweaks that would take less than 15 minutes you have a release that can be sent to a brand new organization and you just to go back to that example say you've got those two chapters from your book you've got your story that your local media would be interested in 
So that would be your local newspaper. Very powerful local media because your your um, your neighbourhood reads it. And you'd have your local radio and you might have your local TV. The minute you add someone else into that press release from another postcode, that person is not only from another postcode, they're actually from a different circulation area. And when I'm talking circulation, I'm talking about newspaper circulation, radio audience, TV audience. So you would strategically pick someone in a different circulation or distribution area and now you've compounded your media exposure and relevance. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I think so. It's uh, um, for um, people who are just writing books. In fact, you're uh, you're in the middle of uh, writing your book at the moment, aren't you, Caroline? So um, you've got some great <laughs> tips there for publicity for your up-and-coming book. I yeah. sure do. I sure do. <laughs> yeah, and interestingly, I recently had um, I recently had been featured in uh, News Limited. And it went all over Australia, and I I kept getting messages from people saying congratulations on your story and the newspaper and Una whoop whoop, <laughs> and I had no idea it had gone, um, it had been distributed so far, so it had gone, it had been syndicated, and yeah, yeah. The interesting thing was the journalist when she was talking to me, you know, when I pitched the story um, because it was through Source Bottle. Uh, she'd requested it and I had happened to be speaking at an event that week and it was for small solo business owners and mostly women at the Kitchen Table Network. And um, so when I did, when I responded to her call out, I said, well, as it happens, I'm speaking at this event on Tuesday on this very topic. It might be a good photo opportunity. So, of course, that was really helpful for them <laughs> and they jumped at yeah. it. And when I was speaking to her, I had a really lovely chat and she said, look, I'd really love to follow up about your book. Can you send me the manuscript when you finished? And so it looks like I'll be able to get a follow-up article out of that as well, which is awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, and that's the sort of that's thing fantastic. that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that the fact that it was syndicated also has a big impact on your SEO factor, on your Google factor. The, the downside of that was is that it didn't make it into the online paper. Uh, oh. which I don't understand. I don't understand why they, why they would not put it in an, in the online version if it's syndicated, but anyway. Are you uh, sure it's not? Sometimes it's hard to find. Sometimes it's hard oh. to find, but it's there. Oh look, if you can find it, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Send me their headline and a okay. few keywords and I'll see what I can, I'll, the headline hunter will see what she can hunt. <laughs> Yeah, because that would be great. Because I would have given it a lot more traction. Yeah. Through, I mean, I, I did scan it and then put the photo up on my social media. Perfect. However, yeah. you know, that's it's much better to have the online version if you can. And that's the thing yeah. that a lot of people don't realise. I think is that you can actually you can just get so much mileage out of it, other than well, just being can. in the paper. Yeah. And there's a huge there's a huge thing too. I mean, there's that saying that you can't be a prophet in your own town, right? So you can never a lot of people think, Oh, well I'm not an expert and, and, and that is also born from the belief that you can't be an expert in your own town. But what the media does is it's a it's a third party telling the world that you're an expert. So the minute someone else says that you know what you're talking about, you do. And so yeah. um <laughs> You know, we were talking about what makes a story. I mean, you don't pick up a magazine or tune into the radio to listen to the ad, you know. And so uh, by the same token, if you don't buy a newspaper or a magazine or tune into the radio to listen to the ads, why, when you ring a journalist, would you give them an ad? 
right? Yeah. Because that's not that's not what they write. And when they do write it, news stories are ten times more likely to get read than an advertisement. And or, I mean, I I mentioned that I hadn't been open for very long. I had a, a registered business name and an online. Uh, I had a website. I had a URL. I had no customers. wasn't even really open for business. And I created this uh, this opportunity, this magazine opportunity that that I actually created myself. And two years after that article ran, I saw a lady reading it in a doctor's surgery in Toowoomba. And she was looking up from the magazine at me and down and up and, you know, because I'd either put on weight or lost weight or my hair was brown or my hair was blonde. Who can keep up? And she was trying to make the connection. Is that the woman who sells adult toys sitting here? And you just, you wouldn't get that if it was an ad. She wouldn't be reading an ad two years later and she certainly wouldn't be trying to recognize me um, from an ad. She wouldn't want to admit that she was reading an ad for toys probably. Um you know what I mean? So that's the power of it. And the minute someone else says it, you've got that third-party endorsement. So so not only have you got that Google factor, and you can, of course, snapshot. If it hasn't run online for whatever reason, you can always snapshot it or scan it like you did, Caroline, and then you can share it, share it, share it, share it. And you can also, here's another tip, you can also snapshot quotes within the article and share those. That then gives the impression that you've created additional media. You never, You haven't said that. Um, but it is perception, and when someone mm. else says that you're good at what you do, or someone else profiles you and you know and and endorses your product or your services, other people will pay attention, and that's why word of mouth is so much more powerful than advertising. And when you use the media, it's word of mouth at its most powerful. Wow, Natanya. it's very it's very cool. Mm. Natanya, <laughs> um, you've mentioned uh, Google a few times, and uh, there's some great tips there. You know. Using, you know, if you are have been featured in the media, you can also embrace social media and just get that story in the media a little bit longer. So, I mean, that that's something that I've done when I was featured in the Curry Mail and I've been on TV. I, you know, put links to my Pinterest boards uh, on my board uh, publicity <laughs> and uh, and tweet about <laughs> it as well. Like you said, you know, extract quotes from the from my newspaper article and, and pop that Twitter as well. So there's some great tips there. Now, there's always this, there seems to be this perception that traditional journalists are not fans of social media. And it's interesting how you mentioned about Google, you know, different ways in which you can get found on page one of Google by embracing the uh, traditional media. So have you got any other tips uh, mm-hmm. with that? So, you know, you've talked about how uh, small businesses can, you know, develop a relationship with journalists, yeah. submit um, an article, a story rather than an advert every month in order to uh, build a relationship with, with journalists. Have you got another, any other tips with regards to embracing social media in, yeah, uh, sure. with traditional media? Yeah, sure. Um, f- firstly, just on that, when you when you are pitching your story, and pitching just means approaching a journalist. When you are approaching a journalist with your story, and you have your press release ready to go, and I always recommend that you have your press release ready to go. And I, in fact, talk about con- I'm massive on content. Okay, so I would encourage all your listeners. We need content in your words, content in your quotes. Uh, and content in your photos. And that might not necessarily be photos that you've had taken professionally, so long as you've got a photo uh, concept with content. And I mentioned content because it's huge, because a newspaper is only as good as... And I, and I, and I talk a lot in newspapers because I'm a newspaper journalist. 
But a newspaper is only as good as its second edition, and that second edition is the stories that don't make it in the newspaper of that day. It's just a bit of an mm. industry sign. And so you really do need to provide that really great content. So there is a formula. And it's not a press release is not written like anything else. It breaks all the rules. It's not written like a, a policy application. It's not written like, like a, an academic report. It's not written like marketing material. It's not written like any kind of communication that you would have with your work colleagues. So I really want to stress that because if people go and send press releases and they don't understand the formula that's required in press releases, it's very, very easy to learn. They're setting themselves up for a no and I would hate for that to happen because then it would just perpetuate that myth that the media aren't interested in them. On the issue mm. of, on the issue of traditional journalists not embracing social media, uh, who said that making? <laughs> oh, I, I remember though, uh, reading it. I, I don't know, maybe it was back in the UK, but it was just, you know, that the fact that people are, you know, people aren't reading newspapers anymore, so there was a oh, know, right. journalist yeah. felt like there was a threat and that kind of thing. So I was just okay. wondering what your thoughts oh, yeah, sure. on that. Well, journos love social media, and while I've got this opportunity, I would encourage everybody to go and Google your own name, put it in inverted commas and see what pictures come up, and then if they're, if they're unattractive, <laughs> get yourself untagged. <laughs> Or unflattering. <laughs> the first thing journalists use is social media is the biggest tool. I still do do. You know, I've got a lot of friends in the in the media still because um, I've worked in it for so long. And the first thing that they do is when they're doing a story on someone is they pump their name into the search bar of Facebook. So I would encourage everybody to clean up your act on social media. If you're going to start playing with the media, um, just put your best foot forward. Social media is so powerful to build relationships with journalists. There's just a couple of provisors there. A lot of journalists have their own preference. There's a general etiquette that you don't pitch a story to a journalist through Facebook. A lot of them like Facebook for, for fun and for relaxing. Plenty of them also use it to troll through for stories, and, and I certainly know a lot that do do that. Twitter is huge. Journalists absolutely love Twitter and it's a great way to build relationships. Some like you to pitch, so approach them with your story ideas through direct messaging and I'm going to come to a concept called newsjacking in just a moment. So some of them like you to approach them through through direct messaging with your with your story idea. There's a cautionary moment here and that would be, and I guess it's, it's common sense but you'd be amazed at how many people uh, get caught up in the moment and don't think about it. If you've got a great idea or you've given some great content or, or some great feedback on social media and you know you work in an industry where there's plenty of people who may have the same opinion, if you put it out there, chances are someone will steal your opportunity. So please be very careful with your intellectual property and I would I would encourage you to do it through direct messaging Better yet, build a relationship with the journalist and then you can ask them how, if you've got an idea or a story for them, how would they prefer that you approach them? Some of them might just say, oh, just message me on LinkedIn or Twitter or I prefer it to go to this email address because I know I personally don't find a general rule of thumb with journalists. I've got some who only want you to email them through their work addresses and I've got others who are very happy for you to, to message them on Twitter. 
and making you meant you asked me a while about what you know what can business owners look for to create those opportunities to get in the news every month or to approach journalists and i i encourage you to do it regularly because you won't be successful every time and so if you only do it occasionally and you're not successful, then the gaps become bigger. But when you do it with consistency, it's like anything in business, when you do it consistently, you will get some coverage and, and then you will get more coverage and more coverage. Now, there's a concept called newsjacking, and I love this term, and that simply means gate-crashing someone else's 15 seconds of fame. Yeah. So, as we all know, May King is a tea expert. And so what May King could do is if someone was talking about tea or there was a tea shortage or something like that going on in the tea industry, <laughs> if May King heard about it or read about it, then she could in fact newsjack and she could become in and comment. She could actually add real value to that conversation. So it's being aware of what's going on. So for example, back when I had my business, one of the biggest, most powerful media exposures that that converted into direct sales was when I newsjacked on something. And what happened was I heard a couple of people talking down the street about a, an invention that went on the bottom of high heel shoes that stopped you from sinking in the grass. And it was like the bottom of a wine, of a of the stem of a wine glass, you know, like a little round stopper. And wow. this girl had been, yeah, and this girl had been on ABC's um, New Inventors and was a finalist um, for this amazing invention. The only problem was I was importing that product from England. And so oh. it was, yeah, it was in the media. And so knowing what makes news and understanding this concept of newsjacking, I prepared a press release and I fired it off and and I called it new inventors or new reinventors and I you know created all this delightful content in my words and my quotes and I had a picture idea for them and it first ran on Win TV in my local area then after it ran on Win TV the um, Sunday Mail the the state newspaper for Queensland picked up on it after it ran in the Sunday Mail, a current affair, which is a national current affairs program, ran the story three months later. And then finally, after it had been in all that big media, my local newspaper ran the story, which is often... Oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> that one, yeah, that one gate crashing of someone else's 15 seconds of fame created five months of media made the phones ring and a current affair actually put the website address of my store on on onto Google. Uh, yeah, and if wow. you Google me, that's still there. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, so I wish we had... Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, uh, do you want to finish that thought about newsjacking and then we're going to have to wrap up? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, so newsjacking is huge. Um, and this, and the good thing is, is that news breaks every day. So if you haven't been using the media as a, as a marketing tool, you haven't missed the boat, don't worry. You just need to learn a few things so that you can use it effectively and you're not wasting your time because, you know, none of us want that. You do, because we are wrapping up, I just want to stress to everybody, you've all got amazing stories and content to share. And, and as I mentioned, it's not too late to miss the boat. You haven't missed the boat because stories break every hour, every half hour. So turn the radio on, 
plug into what's happening in the news. If you want to make it really, really quick, you can create news searches on Google so you can pull up articles related to your area that you're feeling passionate about or that you're most knowledgeable about and you can go and gate crash someone else's 15 seconds of fame and create your own. It's very cool. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. We could talk to you all day, haymaking. Absolutely. I've got a couple of press releases in my head already. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Yes, that's awesome. Wow. And it's very timely for me, of course, because I just sent my, my book. It's nine-tenths finished to the editor again awesome. last night, actually. And, yeah, she assures me there's only two more edits to go until it's ready to go to proofreading. So, oh, gosh. So, um, okay. So, thank you so much, Tanya. We honestly could talk to you all day. I want to know, uh, well, our listeners will probably want to know where they can find further information about your training programs and your services. Where can they go for that? Well, I have a website, www.headlinehunter.com.au. And, of course, I have Facebook and social, uh, social media and Twitter. So I'd love for you to come across and say hello on Facebook. My vanity URL on Facebook is Headline Hunter and then the number one. And it's the same mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I, I'd encourage you to do so because I would like to get to know you all. I do share tips and I do share news jacking opportunities on my Facebook page. And we even Fantastic. brainstorm them sometimes, as you would know. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow, that's awesome. Wow, we can't wait to talk to you again and uh, and see what you're up to. And, yeah, I definitely highly recommend Tanya. She's an amazing woman, an amazing journalist, and she really believes and is passionate about small business. So check her out. So that that is it for today. Wow, what an amazing session. We could have literally talked all day and really appreciate your time, Tanya. Oh, thank you. Thank it's you so been much. so much yeah. fun. I, I hope I didn't talk too much. I get a little bit on my soapbox, on my media soapbox. Um, no, no, not <laughs> at all. I mean... Yeah, that's what we want. We want you to talk. And making, um, did you have any closing words? No, not at all. Um, I guess um, there's a couple of takeaways for people, uh, for listeners, I suppose. So um, Google yourself. Make sure that your reputation online is key. Develop a relationship with journalists in the way that they want to be communicated. So it could be social media, it could be email, it could be direct messaging and, and so on. Provide press releases which are stories, not adverts, and uh, need to explore more about their newsjacking. That sounds like a great strategy for marketing. So thank yeah. you so much for those takeaways, Tanya. Nice awesome. summary making. Gold stuff <laughs> <Excellent>. note-taking. <laughs> I reckon. She's such a good listener. All right. Well, I, <laughs> thanks for listening, and it's bye from us. Bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Panel. Subscribe at thelikeabilityco.com for the latest Social Media Panel episodes. Join the conversation about today's episode on Facebook and Twitter at LikeAbilityCo. The Social Media Panel is a production of the Likeability Company. We help people like you.